0: Welcome to Talking About Midlife, where we talk about life living in a female body in our midlife. We talk about health, love, relationships, our inner world, ageing, death, motherhood, and what it means to be a human at this time in the world. I'm Kelly Sterling, and I hope you enjoyed listening to these stories that I'm sharing. Hi everyone. Thanks for listening today. Today I have friend and colleague Elizabeth Claire Delune here who is a life transitions coach like me, but she does a lot of work with people around divorce. And this is a subject that I've wanted to talk about for a while because I specialize in midlife and it's a time where people often have fractured relationships and divorce is first front and center for many people. So I You know, I think it's a really important topic. I think that it's a really hard life transition divorce, And what I have noticed with my clients is that, you know, it takes them some years to move through this transition to recover, to regain their self-esteem and plant their roots back in the ground again. So welcome, Elizabeth. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me welcome so tell us a little bit about you like what's been your journey to becoming a coach and just in particular this area of focus
1: yeah so um, I started out career-wise as a university professor and while I loved a lot of things about that I loved a lot of things about teaching and a lot of that even transfers now to Um, coaching, being in groups and that kind of thing, it started all, it started with the divorce for me Mm -hmm. as well, (laughs) a major transition, a watershed moment in my life where pretty much everything had to go that was triggered by um, this very chaotic and high conflict divorce. And as I was moving through that portal, it felt like a lot of things no longer suited me, one of which was my career. Um, and I just, I really wanted to make a bigger impact. Um, I wanted to work with people who were excited to grow, who were excited to be supported, who were really, um, looking to move into new areas of their life. And in some ways, I think education, we like to idealize it as being about that. But mm. when you're in the thick of it, especially with young adults, um, that's just not the reality of, of what happens. <laughs> Um, and I had been through, I had to find a lot of healing methods for myself as I was going through that divorce transition um, that I, I stumbled upon or was drawn to mm. a lot of more holistic methodologies, body-based methods, trauma resolution, mm-hmm. and coaching mm. that um, helped me as I both was moving through that portal. And then once I was out of it, Mm -hmm. now I've been out of it for a number of years and it's just the trajectory keeps going. Um, Mm. I keep growing and making shifts in the way that I relate to my now partner in the way that I relate to my child, the way that I parent, um, the way that I view myself and like, even who I am in the world. And obviously like, as I'm building these offerings and this, Uh, new kind of newish career as a coach and um, all of that is tied in right with Mm. with having moved through this kind of single event Mm -hmm. that triggered a massive change for me Mm. Um, so that's really I think my has become my philosophy is these life transition events and I I heard you speak of the same thing Kelly Mm. as well like there are these portals there are these doorways
0: um
1: to calling us to something greater like calling us to the next phase um and most recently i am completing i'm almost completed just a f- few weeks out of a trauma certification mm. called uh rebloom with rachel maddox that i really work. wanted she's so good she's, she's she amazing
0: yeah yeah she's if, yeah if you're listening her work is very good around very trauma good. resolution.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I just found I was originally working with people who had had similar t- types of high conflict um, or chaotic divorces, like I had, or were really moving through a lot of like toxicity in their past. Yeah, um, and I've sort of expanded into working with a number of different life transitions and focusing more on breakups and divorce a little bit more broadly um, as well um, because. And, and, and I got, I got drawn into getting more trauma resolution as a result of that focus, because so many people come, you know, they come to coaching because they're on the upswing, right? They're like, okay, you know, I've been through the thick of it. um, And now I'm looking to build something new. I want to learn how do you have healthy relationships? Um, Who am I even after this? divorce like I can tell that there are some things that are still lingering for me from that that aren't yet resolved um but when we get into it there are you know tendrils of the traumas and the patterns from the past that that we weren't able to address when we were really in the thick of it um and I really needed to have that those tools to support to support my clients and my people so yeah that's my newest sort of area of development that I'm really trying to talk about more
0: yeah, that that resonates a lot for me um, mm-hmm. because I've noticed with mit- the midlife stuff in general too particularly menopause it has this phenomenal self-healing I don't know what the right word is but energy behind it might be the yeah. right way to describe it yeah. and what and in my own personal experience but also uh, in working with people it in a way, forces us to work with any childhood habits and patterns that aren't serving us well so we can move into a higher adult consciousness but that also means trauma that might be sitting there as well and I think that like you say you know trauma is a very specialized area and you want to work with people who know how to hold you in it because you're dealing with people's nervous systems
1: yeah yeah and i think it affects i feel like we all are carrying around traumas just Absolutely. from society even, even if there's no singular traumatic event no like big t trauma event yeah. Yeah. we all have little t trauma because we're in a society that is exploitative that is misogynistic that is yeah. homophobic that is cut off that is isolated that is not in alignment with human Humans. development yeah yeah and what was coming to me as you were as you were finding the words there for um, describing menopause was intelligence that these, mm-hmm. I don't know if that lands for you, but like that menopause has its own intelligence, right. It or so does. Divorce it has so its own does. intelligence. Like, yeah. It's like, and a lot of it goes back to the body. Like, yeah. you know, like you're, these things start to bubble up. It's in our nervous system mm-hmm. and that intelligence will naturally unwind. So in the, the rebloom way of talking, that uh, something I got from, from that program is the idea of a blueprint of health yes. and your body's natural state is health. And just like when you get a cut, you don't have to do anything to think, you don't have to think with your brain. Okay. heal, 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 heal. Um, you just, you just wash it. You put it, keep it clean. You put on a bandaid. It just does it. The body given the chance will naturally return to that blueprint of health. And so what we do in trauma resolution work is cooperate with the natural impulses of the body in order to allow that to happen. So it's not, it's just an allowance and making space for the body's own innate intelligence.
0: Intelligence. My, my chiropractor, who's a network chiropractor, I've been going to him for years Mm -hmm. has always said, he he says that too, your body has an innate intelligence. It seeks Mm. resolution. It seeks health all the time. We just have to Mm -hmm. give it a little bit of prod in the right direction. Gentle gentle touch yeah Um, yeah yeah to 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 rewire I guess hey make some new neural pathways (laughs) and even all the adult development studies I partook in um, about a decade ago same principle in terms of working with your implicit knowledge base, which is in your unconscious, which is making a whole lot of decisions and interpreting the world. And how do we do that? Well, we create new neural pathways. Okay. Yeah. So it's the same principle as well, mm-hmm. but, but creating them consciously. Yep. So um, in your explicit part of your brain, so that you are more deliberate in your practice and creating good foundations mm-hmm. for... Um, good decisions i guess that's what we were coming back from from that so so tell us what does a divorce coach do tell us a little bit about what you do and i know you have Mm -hmm. um you know you have certain steps that you like to take people through in terms of bringing them back to their blueprint and restoring them you know in terms Mm of because because you know you and i talked about this a bit any transition that we go through, our foundations get super shaky most of the time. So whether it's, you know, we see this in teenagers because there's a lot of change going on. And in particular, there's identity shift as well. And that can be, you know, that's really hard. It's hard, identity change. You know, whether we become a mum, we know this, even though we're sort of surrounded by a lot of support, when we go through menopause, when we go through divorce, when we're dealing with grief, whatever, our identity is changing. And Mm -hmm. so we can lose touch with our intuition or lose faith in our intuition. And that kind of makes sense given what we just said about implicit knowledge. So it's really important, you know, working with the nervous system that we learn to reconnect with it, isn't it? So do you want to tell us a little bit about your process and how you see it and because it's really interesting i think what you do
1: yeah totally and i love what you said there too i just want to pause and underscore and expand on around um the identity shift because um when you're when you're overcoming a major obstacle Right. If you if you think of it as like um, and again, this comes from the the trauma training that I did It really helps me um, as I'm coaching. And uh, usually when I explain it to my clients, it really supports kind of the map of part of what we're doing um, as we make that identity shift. Right. If you're if you're thinking like, oh, I have to go on this long, long journey. And I have to go up this mountain and the mountain seems so big and so insurmountable. And your concept of yourself is this like tiny little person that's going on this arduous journey. It's going to feel over. It might feel overwhelming. It might feel, you know, I don't know what the path is. Like, who am I to forge this wilderness? Like, I can't see very far ahead. I'm just tiny. I maybe mean, my leg hurts or whatever it is, right? Your mm-hmm. image of yourself compared to that obstacle is like small, like a person climbing a mountain. Mm. So a lot of what we do when we're bringing blueprint back online is we work with the your blueprint. What is the image of yourself that you have? Mm. What's, what's emergent? Because it will certainly be something new, right? This is a new transition. This is a new portal. It's a new phase of life. It's going to be something new. So how can we cultivate space for that emergent blueprint of who you really are mm. to come forth. And then what happens is you can imagine now you're looking at this mountain, but you are like taller than the mountain, right? Mm. You are no longer this tiny little person trying to make their way up. You have, we shifted the way that you view yourself so that when you turn to look at that obstacle, it's much smaller in comparison, or you can mm. see past, like it's what seemed like a confusing jumble, it's like, oh, I just take one step or I just walk around it. And so it's really efficient. And it's part of what I think is so effective about coaching, um, at least the body-based coaching that I do. Um, And I think a lot of coaching probably as well is it, you can make massive shifts by using tools like that. And um, I work with the body, I work with the nervous system. So it really anchors it in on a neurological level and you're feeling those shifts in your nervous system. And just like you said, um, that affects your decisions in a practical way, right? It's going to affect how you view yourself is going to affect the kind of decisions that you make. And that's going to absolutely have impact on the outcomes you're seeing in your life. Uh, on the, the, again, the health of your children, the, the way you're parenting, maybe like your, the way you're managing your wealth or your money post-divorce. Yeah right? Yeah. You're making better decisions in these really tangible ways that are going to have an impact. Yeah. Um, so and, and they're less,
0: they're less reactive. They're more, uh, what I would call creatively oh. conscious choices.
1: Yeah. Creatively conscious. I love that. And I think that's a similar concept of blueprint, right? They're coming yeah. from this blueprint version of you, which yes. is coherent, which is aligned, which is, you know, um, tapped in and, you know, tuned in to, yeah, your kind of greater vision, however you want yeah. to word that. Um, and to speak specifically to some of the, the phases that I see people usually moving through as they're bringing their intuition back online, as they're reinventing the image they have of themselves. They're usually about four phases, four areas mm-hmm. we have to mm-hmm. work on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I got a really um, great map of this by being in such a difficult divorce myself, and then working Mm -hmm. with a lot of people who are going through very difficult divorces, because Mm -hmm. it's, we really see these things all come up. And then if it's not as deep, it's not as difficult. It it gave me a really useful map to support people who are um, maybe having more of a normal type of divorce, right? Not that Mm. any divorce is great, right? But um, people who are going having a more kind of standard divorce experience mm. um, a little bit divorce light um, <laughs> it's kind I of, mean I
0: think that they're all there's going to always be a massive challenge in divorce but you're right yeah. like some can get really nasty mm-hmm. really nasty and some yeah. people manage to do it in a way that even though it's tough and there's going to be it's going to be tough in the financial mm-hmm. settlement it's going to be yeah. tough in the per- the custody stuff if there's children mm-hmm. yeah. and there's 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 a lot of grief there and mm-hmm. a lot of sadness always and so mm-hmm. we are human yeah right so that's challenging but it's but yeah there's regardless. definitely some can get really fiery can't mm-hmm. they
1: mhm yeah yeah and it's like like we talk about with coaching that we always want to like go deeper right than mm. the than the things that we create than our offerings and then the people that we support mm. so that we can you know really know the ins and outs of that whole underworld you know like really explore totally. the cave the cave of divorce so that when yeah or in the mud divorce.
0: like I always go like in the mud work, yeah. or you know that you know the story of Inanna for for women like you're on yeah. the meat hook you are yes. on the meat hook
1: stripped okay. bare, Absolutely So that when you're, and I kind of think about then, like when you've been down there and you've been in the recesses in the mud on the meat hook, when now I'm like, okay, let's go on a cave tour, right? I know where the path is and you don't, you know, we don't have to necessarily get into all of those muddy areas or like you get a clearer map to find your way through and maybe probably get a little bit dirty, um, but perhaps keep it a little bit more easeful, not avoiding difficulty. But, but also, you're, you're
0: right. Helpful. Like it's, mm-hmm. we don't have a map, right, for mm-hmm. a lot of these big transitions. So even by, te- by using these metaphors, mm-hmm. it gives people a mental model, like a mental map of like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. I know. This it's is great. this might be what I find pretty much all transitions that I work with the same. You give them a map, and they're like, oh, okay. I can really shout and notice. Yeah. When this, you know, this might be, yeah, right. Okay. I know what's going on.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that developmental map or that, right. And that's why a lot of the work that I do is archetypal. Like it's using archetypes. Um, Some of them are more like mystical and magical. That tends to be kind of my vibe, but Mm -hmm. it's different for everybody. We use nature, we use divine, sacred, parental, more than human like we you things you see in the world around you um part of why that is so transformative is because we have an existing map in our minds mm. of what those symbols mean and mm-hmm. it gives you a map to get to get out yeah um uh, so the four sort of things that mm-hmm. we look that we go through mm-hmm. the first one is looking at our needs Are mm-hmm. our, our needs being met have we was a a problem that we encountered in our past relationship. Did we learn along the way to suppress our needs and be so easy and like chill and um, like not a big deal? No, don't disturb anybody who you're in relationship with that. We suppressed our needs to begin with. And when you go to have a healthy relationship later, a lot of times that's something that we really need to work on is Mm -hmm. what are my needs? Can I sense them? Can I mobilize to get them met? Can I, do, can I receive them? Mm-hmm. So we need to do some work mm-hmm. on needs. Mm-hmm. The second area is boundaries and mm-hmm. gatekeeping. So a lot of times, and again, I, having worked with all different types of trauma, we can see people who perhaps have like flimsy boundaries and kind mm-hmm. of try to get those needs met by letting anything and everything in mm-hmm. being like, maybe if I let everything just dump on top of me, something will kind of meet my needs
0: Yeah. Um,
1: or the opposite response. Um, people can become a bit hardened
0: rigid, and hyper, yes. hypervigilant Super rigid. 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 Yeah, yeah.
1: And obviously that's not going to work in relationship either. When you go to build healthy, easeful, fulfilling relationships later, yeah. you need to do some work around boundaries. Um, the third thing that then starts to come online is the intuition. Yeah. Um, the part of us that we have to learn to trust again. And again, having worked with a lot of different types of trauma, I worked with folks who have experienced like coercion, manipulation, gaslighting. And I think for us, our intuition maybe kind of dips with a major life transition because we go through that identity deconstruction and reconstruction that you mentioned. Yeah, Um, But again, especially if there's any trauma there, relational trauma, uh, we, really need to work on that area and learning to sense um, your own internal intuition what does that feel like
0: yeah how
1: some practical tools to start trusting yourself again yeah. um, and that feeds into the gatekeeping to the boundaries as well because yes. that intuition is a part of you that tells you here's what to let in and here's what to keep out yeah um, and then after that usually the fourth thing that I do with people on this journey we start to emerge into self-expression so I to me that's really what these portals are about these doorways through life transitions through divorce especially is like growing and emerging this part new part of ourself that wants to express differently in the world right so we need to have basic safety and needs met we need to know how to Gatekeep, how to have boundaries. We need to trust our intuition. Like we need to do those three foundational things before we get to that fourth stage of, oh, okay, it's safe to express myself, right? And if I've had relational trauma or just bad relationships or unmet needs chronically, it might feel like, you know, who am I to express myself in the world? Or um, I better keep myself small and not ask for too much, or um, I am too much and nobody's going to want to be with me or I am too much and everybody's going to hate me if I express in a full, a full way. So we, that's usually the last phase that starts to emerge that we get to is um, what does that self-expression look like? What are the supports that need to be in place? What safe circles of belonging can we help you create to express that way? Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of the, with a realm of like the often like sensuality, and flirtation starts to come back online is like uh, expressing with other people and um, finding you know a safe way to express yourself sensually again which again can be tricky territory if there's trauma we need to work with yeah
0: and I would imagine that sorry I was going to say I imagine that particularly around the work you're doing at intuition you need to do that for the sensuality to emerge because you've got to tap into that the concept of sensation and being able yeah. the felt sense of that in the body mm-hmm. and having yeah. that, like, that language around the, di- you know, the felt sense well, dictionary essentially, but yeah, the yeah. language to teach because yeah, I do that with everyone, regardless of what's going on in their life. And it's just mm-hmm. something that we have not been taught mm-hmm. due to um, the whole don't express your emotions keep calm and carry on mantra (laughs)
1: really (laughs) yeah yeah and I know you know this too like intuition lives in the body yeah we tend to think of it as like some divine download from either like some goddess or god like out there or like Some like alien consciousness. I don't know. I'm Aquarius. I'm like getting like an alien vision right now, right? Where it's like, it's like downloaded into our brain. And it's just not where it is. We have to get in touch with the body sensations. And we have to, when I think about what trauma resolution feels like, and again, with the premise that nope, you don't have to have big T trauma to experience this. we all carry trauma. Like what it feels like before you resolve, it's like a big cloudy mess in your body. It's like, it's like, it's like dirty spaghetti Mm -hmm. and you're, you can't find the strand. You can't see the difference. It's just a big old like lumpy mess and it's confusing and nebulous. Right. And so when you, and when you start to work with the body, because to do trauma resolution, you increase your neuroception, your interoception, right? Mm -hmm. Which is your ability to sense internally Internally. what's going on. And you are practicing that. And just naturally through that practice, you start to differentiate, oh, this is what a yes feels like. And this is what a no feels like. Mm. And, and it's all of a sudden, it doesn't feel quite like dirty spaghetti anymore. Mm. You have a clear sense for what, what's yes, what's no, just as a very basic example. And it could be more complex than that um, yeah. and that's again what when we say intuition lives in the body like that's why right you're yes. increasing your ability to sense internally what's going on
0: yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and you know there are some people and i'm one of those people i think you are too whose natural dominant sensory input is around feeling and touch so I had experiences when I was younger where, you know, I'm always processing information through my body all the time. But before, when I was, you know, I'm talking teenager in my 20s, I'd be like picking up stuff from other people and I'd be like, ooh, <laughs> like, oh, is that me or am I overreacting or is, am I picking up stuff from them? And then I, I had this funny thing happen where, it became like my superpower and I worked in executive assessment, like doing work with senior executives around their development and learning. So I was really good at the assessment work because I was picking up a lot of information. And I remember this one boss that I worked for, he was a HR director of this massive global company. And he was like, how, how do you do this? How are you so insightful? Almost like I had a witchy power. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I couldn't explain it to him because I didn't have the language. I mean, this was 20 years ago. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, I listen with my body. He's like, what do you, what do you mean? You've got ears. I'm like, no, no. I just like, I listen with my body. Like, don't you do that? Don't you kind of pick up stuff? And then once I started learning about neuroception, interoception, proprioception, I was like, oh, my dominant sensory intake is feeling in touch. <laughs> That's what's going on. But, you know, like for a long time I kind of would doubt my judgment and so I'd be picking up stuff about people and be like, oh, no, oh, God, they wouldn't do that and, you know, and then trust them and then, you know, down the track, yeah, they kind of are not very nice in the workplace <laughs> and you're like, "Yeah, why didn't I trust my intuition? But because, I, yeah, I just didn't have the... the um, the knowledge around it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love and that. I think, so, and I think, and I think
0: you're, sorry, I was going to say, if you're one of those people, I can imagine going through this whole divorce process. It would, it would be so damn challenging.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that connection that you made too, because I think that workplace analogy absolutely applies to um, romantic partners. Absolutely. Right. And, and not, Right. So it might be the case that you're in an existing relationship and, and you're finding challenges that are lingering from the past. Like that's kind of one area of of people who I work with. Yeah. And there's another area of um, where it's so hard to trust somebody again. Mm. And if your intuition isn't online, it's like, I don't even that might show up as like uh, I don't need anybody. Hyper hyper individuation, right? Is yes. like back to that need that yeah. need blueprint. The very very first one. Yeah. A lot of times, if we are not in blueprint, but we're still in a trauma response, we might be like, I don't need anybody anyway. I'm better off alone. Everybody sucks. Or more often, I hear like all men. There aren't any good men. Like you hear it projected. Yeah onto yeah men
0: a lot. yeah yeah.
1: And right. Or could even be in relationship where you like, maybe you're in a relationship with somebody who's kind of avoidant because they're keeping their distance and it can come back to trusting other people again, Mm -hmm. which comes back to trusting yourself to discern who is safe. So even, even though it's just a single person, right. So I work with individuals, not with couples. There's so much work that can be done just with an individual, because of how it's connected to how trust for another person is ultimately connected to trust in yourself and your ability to discern.
0: Do you work with attachment styles in your work? I'm not, individuals?
1: I haven't, I have learned a lot about attachment styles because I really needed that support yeah. for myself. Like that was a big growth area for me. Yeah. Um, I don't have like a certification around that. I'm not like a specialist in that. I'm able to, to talk about it and identify patterns yes. uh, and help with strategies. It's actually something that I would love to learn a little bit more about, like in a professional setting and get some tools. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but I, it, it absolutely comes up.
0: Yeah, of course. I I can imagine when you're doing that first piece around needs and then the boundaries, that's where the attachment style might oh, yeah. raise its head. Does it?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Sometimes it, it's not evident until you're like in a relationship, <laughs> and you're yeah. like, "What's going on here?" Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's absolutely foundational because the, the 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 very first one around getting your needs met again in this sort of rebloom world archetype, it's called soul seed, mm-hmm. and it's about it's like the baby, most tender seed, infant like embryo mm. um, archetype. That is connected to like the original genesis of all humans, like in utero, where when you were connected via a placenta to your mother, umbilical cord to the placenta, um, your needs were met effortlessly, effortlessly. You had to do nothing and you got everything that you needed. And that's our blueprint, right? That's the blueprint of like, of course, your needs will be met. Of course, you deserve to have your needs met. Of Mm. course, you're worth having your needs met. But Mm. how many of us have learned along the way that we don't deserve to have our needs met, that we're not worth having our needs met, that maybe it didn't go back to in utero, but uh, throughout our childhood, right? And that's when those attachment systems get established, right? Mm. We learn, well, I better, you know, my, my parent can't hack it. They're maybe an alcoholic. They're, they have so much going on unresolved trauma of their own they're mm. not present they're not emotionally responsive they're not attuned they mm. don't accurately mirror to me my emotions and states and my intentions um, and so those that again we later in life but still young learn oh better not have needs because yeah. I need to get maximum attachment and attention from my parent. And that will happen when I have as few needs as possible. Mm. And it's a survival mechanism. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Fine. It's yeah. brilliant. Right. And then, but then when we get older, um, we have to rework that and find that blueprint again of like worthiness and deservingness of an ease of having our needs met. Um, yeah. That, I mean, we're mammals. It's kind of just yeah, a biological imperative. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're so wired for, for you know, and that's I think the whole COVID thing's been really hard around that, right? Hasn't it? Yeah, I'm yeah. just walking around, you know, when I'm out walking in the mornings, and I'm watching people in cafes. Mm-hmm. And actually, there's a place that I go to a lot. I walk down to, and um, you'll laugh at this. We, because uh, Cam and I walk every morning, and um, we went down yesterday. I was there yesterday, but the day before, and we were just sort of sitting on the side and the guy said, Oh, do you want to sit like on this table? And I said, Oh, well, I didn't want to take up too much room because it was a table for four. And I'm happy to sit on the stool at the side, you know, he's like, you're VIPs. You're here. Like, all the time and I said well <laughs> five days out of seven but anyway <laughs> goes, that's VIP and I'm like oh thanks I feel really loved and he goes oh you <laughs> should be we love you and I went oh Aww. and I thought oh that's so nice I, I enjoy I'm enjoying that part of it but I can see that um yeah you know and I said, to them, the whole wearing mask thing is really difficult right because yeah. so much of our connecting part of our nervous systems in our face and our upper chest and we can't read mm-hmm. people's expressions.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that, I mean, I think that's such an astute point because it does go straight back to attachment and the importance of accurate mirroring, right? So like, if I'm making a joke and we're like, just here talking, I make a joke and I'm laughing and you are like stone cold, no expression I know. Like that that's going to land harshly, potentially in my nervous system, because it's, it's like mirror neuro neurons. Like I mm. expect to be on the same page. And of course, having face coverings, it mimics, it's harder to have that feeling with other people. And it's just, you know, a, a reality of, of our way of life. And it's impacting, I think all of us and all of our nervous systems in ways that we don't fully understand yet.
0: Yeah. But I imagine that it, a lot of people's attachment has been attachment style. Has been triggered massively, and um I'm not sure in what's happened in the US. I imagine it's the same. It's here as a lot of people's marriages have split up in the last two years.
1: Mm-hmm. I've heard that as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I think yeah, and that is maybe a little bit more on the avoidant edge, right? Of because you have anxious and you have avoidant, mm-hmm. then you have secure, and you have a combination, um, but it someone who maybe has a more avoidant attachment style might be super stressed by Mm -hmm. having to be at home all the time and um you know having to confront some things that were easier to avoid or even if someone you know is in a more secure land and the relationship just wasn't a good fit anymore we could no longer avoid those things you had to really look at them
0: yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely because you had nowhere else to go did you
1: Nope, nope. couldn't avoid
0: them so so you go through the needs and then you go through boundaries and then intuition and then tell us tell us about the last bit about the sort of setting people up to thrive mm-hmm. so tell us a little bit about what happens there
1: yeah yeah so the that's um what I call and this again comes from like the, the rebloom world more but um I love the language of just expression because it's covers a lot of areas and it's, and it could be, um, like the way you move through the world. It could be, um, and I've worked with a few people who were dismantling a career, which is something mm-hmm. I have experience with and <laughs> rebuilding something else as well. Right. So, and I think everybody's sense of who am I in the world? How do I express in the world is going to show up differently. Yeah. Um, you know, like astrology is popping into my mind. I don't know a lot about astrology, but I know enough to know that, you know, everybody's expressing differently and someone might be really motivated by career, Mm -hmm. right? And career is how they want to fully express in the world. Someone, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm very home-driven and and, um, parenting and motherhood has been a huge part of my journey in learning for me. Um, And relationships also really a big motivator for me is like, I want to learn how to do healthy relating, right? Yeah. What is it to be human? What is it to be in relationship? And some of that's come from, you know, being what felt like absence of relationships um, in my early life or um, toxic relationships. Mm. Um, just um, when I like I'm just in, in picturing now as I'm talking about it, like a withered vine with mm. like, you know, when you have that plant where it has like a little mm. leaf and it's mm-hmm. like it's hanging on, but you're like this stem is so withered. Like, mm-hmm. is this plant getting any water? Is it getting any nutrients from the soil? Mm-hmm. It's not dead yet, right? But it's real withered, and the plant's mm-hmm. not blossoming. Um, right? I feel like that is an, an model of, of the imprint, and that was sort of my my training ground. And then we're, we're moving into blueprint of self expression, right? Using this model again of like the plant or the flower, right? It's it's vibrant. It, it's its stem is full of water and nutrients from the soil, right? Those needs are getting met. It's letting in the right amount of, um, of water at a time. It's letting in sunlight. It's like leaves are open and unfurled. It's protected. It's not going to probably get trampled, um, right? It's, it's in the right place to grow. It, it's following its natural intelligence where it's like, okay, I need to grow in partial sunlight. So that's where mm. these, right? I mean, like plants have like a natural intelligence. Um, so again, this is very meta metaphorical, um, but it's, I wanted to offer that again, analogy, because I think it makes it really clear of the difference that you experience when you're not nourished and what your expression looks like versus when you are nourished and that expression can, can come to life. So it's going to look different for everybody. Um, Usually when I'm working with people there, I'm trying to think if there's any, I don't think I've had a single client that didn't start doing something creative. Yeah. Every, everybody or 90% of people are like, Oh, I started painting again. Oh, I started writing again. I forgot how much I love writing or like, Oh, like I'm interesting. You know, I started this business a long time ago and I just let it fall by the wayside. And now I have so much more energy. I can Mm. start that again. Right. So one of the magical things about trauma resolution or just, I think body-based coaching in general Mm. is that you're completing what trauma is, right. Is a, a emergency response in the nervous system that's stuck in, in on it's like emergency, yes. emergency, 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 yeah. there are chemicals like flooding the nervous system constantly. And it's not happening at the conscious level, right. But it's happening at the level of, of the nervous system. And as what we do is we help those stress cycles that didn't complete, complete. And that emergency mm. signal turns off. Mm. Uh, and that literally frees up more energy, like Bio neurological energy in your body.
0: Yeah, it's to, amazing. It is to turning towards
1: creativity and yeah. living your life and enjoy like enjoyment, like just enjoying and being present, um, with with your life and however you want to however you want to build it. Um, but yeah, a lot of times I thought I would mention that creative area because it comes up a lot for people for sure.
0: Yeah, and it's what's well, the life force energy switching back on isn't it it's yeah like the blockage is removed and it's like oh so the sort of pathway through yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: yeah absolutely yeah life force uh, and again i think that goes with the with the little flower analogy as well right it just courses through you and everybody's blueprint is different right everybody's um way of expressing in the world is different and i my my Brand is called the Unicorn Academy, partially because <laughs> I want everybody to remember, like, that they're magical beings on the planet. There's nobody on the planet who's just like you, and so we're all unicorns in that sense. Like, we're all tuned into the magic of what it is to be human. We all have a unique expression, um, mm. and but it's those traumas and those experiences along the way that like make us forget. And what's so beautiful is to then reclaim it and go through that portal and that doorway that I know you help people with as well. And like viewing it as an opportunity to reclaim that magic, that life force, that um, creative force of self-expression again.
0: I think that's the piece that I love the most out of the work that you and I both do is Mm -hmm. That they find, you know, to to borrow your your brand, but they do find their inner unicorn essentially. Like I always say, oh, yeah. you know, you're multidimensional. There's so many different parts yeah. of you, and I'm looking. Elizabeth's got mm. a picture behind her. Of course, you can't see it because you're listening <laughs> to us. But there's this really amazing woman with a rainbow, and it's almost like the but people find their rainbow inside of them. Yeah, and like because there's the the big T trauma piece, but there's also just the small stuff. Um, which a lot of it is cultural conditioning, familial conditioning, and we squish ourselves down to a narrow version of ourselves to survive a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when you start to expand on that and we work with the nervous piece, the nervous system and, that you know, it's very slow, but it's beautiful, and they're like, wow. And like the, it's like they open up their rainbow and say, like, yeah, I'm all of this and more. There's wow. more coming. And that's so cool. It is like, I mean, I, I work with men and women and I mean like, cause of course women love this, but I've noticed that men just love it. It's like <laughs> you know, they're like, Oh, it's like,
1: they just feel fabulous. Yeah. Don't they? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and you're connected to, it feels when I'm connected to it, it feels like a infinite resource, right? It's like the, it the best infinite. renewable yeah. resource, right? It's like, I'm just plugged in to this thing that is available at all times in the world. It's like air. Yeah. Um, You know, and, or I don't have to try. I just have to co-create and be with this life force energy that moves through everything that is alive.
0: Yeah. Better than any drug.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tied to that enjoyment piece. Like that's something I've been really working with this, this week, actually has been really on my mind is like, you know, I think that is a big part of what comes online with that self-expression piece. And, um, I'm sure for uh, people who are, who are in midlife and definitely post divorce or major breakup, like it's you, you lose, there's like this depression, you lose like a, def- there's a deflation into, um, how do I even enjoy life anymore? Yes. Like what's, what is there to enjoy? Everything's destabilized, feeling off or weird. Who am I? Like, yeah. maybe maybe I had some major losses. Yeah. How do I find enjoyment again? Um, and connecting to that life force energy, to that sense of aliveness again, um, right? It, it, it brings that back online in just really powerful ways. And that's like, what, it's why it makes your life so much better
0: yeah i mean and going back to that innate intelligence piece i think particularly midlife what i notice is that a lot of people when they start going into the what we would term the midlife crisis and make fun Mm -hmm. of but they're seeking that life force right so they might start doing stuff that they did when they were younger or them you know going out partying or whatever there's so many different ways that we don't need to go into it because we know through popular culture what it looks like. But essentially, you know, this is what I say to everyone, like your body has this innate intelligence, like it wants this life force. Okay. So it's leading you, but it can feel uncomfortable. That's actually what's happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's very uncomfortable. And like what I pride myself on doing is supporting people through difficulty, through things that are really uncomfortable with greater ease. Yeah. so we don't want to bypass the difficulty at all and that's what the the body-based tools are and the Mm -hmm. trauma resolution tools are really great for um because they're really discreet and clear ways to do that because we have to move through the discomfort um but in a way that's doable because if it's too much you're not going to do it at all right and so it's about making it doable um and, and getting through that discomfort because that is the portal. I like think that is what needs to resolve.
0: Yeah. So there's a, there's, there's a piece where, you know, as you're working with the nervous system, you're very gently and slowly teaching the body how to hold that discomfort a little more, Yeah. but it's like super slow and super gentle, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because the body, is going to go towards homeostasis mm-hmm. right? it's going to go towards what it knows and so it's very important to do it slowly and gently because it otherwise it's like a big it can trigger a, like a reaction a big mm-hmm. reaction like rejection um, mm-hmm. from the nervous system or even like re-traumatization in certain circumstances so yeah slow slow is the way
0: slowest slow is is fastest. More.
1: Slow yeah. Is
0: more. yeah slow is
1: more slower is faster yeah
0: Thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation. I've loved it.
1: Yeah, me too. Thank you for inviting me. It's been really great chatting with you. And um, I just love the overlap of what we're doing together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hey, how can people find you? What's your website address?
1: I am at Mm -hmm. theunicornacademy.org. I'm also on Instagram, Mm -hmm. which is Mm theunicornacademy.tm, trademark. Uh, And I'm also on TikTok. Uh, yeah. at the the Unicorn Academy as well yeah,
0: yeah. she just great TikToks. <laughs>
1: <It's fun>. <laughs> <laughs> yes I'm, as you know
0: I'm starting to explore it I'm quite enjoying it but my children are like rolling their eyes at me
1: <laughs> oh my gosh I know I'm just like I am on the cringe <laughs> side of TikTok and I'm happy to be there because this is important it is
0: quite fun. It's it's good if you're trying to explore your self-expression in a different
1: way. It is. No, it really is. It's so good. It's like, I feel like a big part. Yeah. It's, it's not worrying about looking stupid. Yeah. 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 You got it.
0: All right. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much.